Hope you slept well and had some uh, meditation this morning and enjoyed that. And we're off to a good start. We're going to do the what we call the cell phone ceremony or the digital device relinquishment ritual or there's all sorts of names you could call it. Um, essentially, we're getting rid of those things that we're addicted to, that we're on all the time, that control us rather than we control them. And obviously, we all have different relationships with, with our technology. And as you know, there's incredible, amazing uses of technology and things that we can do with our phones and our devices that, you know, was inconceivable many years ago. Um, and they've also become something that uh, takes us out of ourself with great regularity and can cause a lot of suffering, right? I mean, look at the statistics around, like, social media and young women. And, you know, I mean, there's endless things. I'm not going to go on. You know. I don't need to go on. So this, being here at Spirit Rock, is this incredible opportunity to say goodbye to your device for these few days. And you may miss it. It may feel like a phantom limb for a while. And some of you may be like, oh, just what a relief. And I realize there are some of you in here that for whatever reason, with your family or something you need, you, not, you may not want to put away the phone, and that's fine. You can make that choice for yourself. Um, so what we're going to do is you will come up, and there are two baskets in front, and you'll come up and... And one by one, well, you also just come up like in a line sort of, and then come up and you can do two at once and just come up and put the device into the basket. And when you put it into the basket, I'll ring the bell. And I may ring the bell a couple times because it'll be happening simultaneously. And you can somehow acknowledge it. Not everybody's into bowing. You can bow if you want to. You can nod. You can just acknowledge inside yourself. If you've already given up your device, and um, you want to just come up as part of the ceremony to acknowledge, you can do that. And even though you don't put anything into the basket, if you um, feel like you, for whatever reason you have to have it in your room, but you're making a, a, that acknowledgement that you're not going to touch it and you're going to stay with it, you can also come up and do it. It's anything that's going to help you. We do ceremony and ritual to support our intentions, right? So when, you, so when you just say, okay, I'm not going to go on my phone, that's fine. But when we do it in this way, it's the support of the community, it's the support of the teachers up here, it's an internal support that happens. And so it can be really helpful and, um, and lovely to do it. So we will just take a moment to pause, take a breath, and connect with your intention of sort of why you wanted to get to not have that phone for these next four days. What might that give you that you don't normally have? You might even imagine the freedom from technology that you will be experiencing. What does that feel like? And then we can open our eyes. And in no particular order, whenever you're ready, just come up down through the central aisle and we will um, relinquish. And you can go slowly. 
making it thoughtful, connected. So as we put away our devices, may it be of great benefit to ourselves. May it help with the process of going deeper, connecting in with ourselves and awakening more and more wisdom and compassion. Thanks, everybody. And you know, if for some reason you need it back, you always can go into the office and ask for it. But try not to. All right, so we're going to begin our uh, meditation. And 
Um, we'll we'll be in the ten, in the next sitting, which is ten thirty. We'll be helping you a little bit more with posture, but I'm not going to go into it now. But we'll be doing that specifically. A lot of you are um, doing well, but we're going to give you some more tips on that. For now, what we're going to do is get started with the basics. Um, we're going to be practicing in such a way that allows us to begin by deepening our concentration a little bit. In order to meditate, particularly over a period of time, it's helpful to gather our attention because our attention is scattered much of the time, right? And that's one of the reasons we just gave up those phones. But our attention is scattered. And so one of the wonderful things about mindfulness practice is it improves our attention. It's like all our lives we've been told and we tell our kids, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. But nobody teaches us how to pay attention. So this practice one aspect of it, and there are many aspects of it, is an attention training where we attend to the present moment and we keep, we, we try to stay at the present moment, but that's not easy to do. It's very slippery. It's so easy to get lost in our thoughts and our stories and our memories and our worries and, you know, all of these things that are going through our mind. But we pick something to attend to, and then when we, we stay with it a little bit, and then we kind of lose it, and then we come back, and then we stay with it, and we keep coming back. And it's not about being perfectly able to stay with the thing you're paying attention to, which is usually the breath, but can be other things. I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, what it does is, is it we, it's not that we have to stay there because it, we, it won't happen, but what does happen is we keep coming back again and again and again. And in the coming back, we build the capacity to be more and more mindful. And because you're here for several days, it's, it, it, there's like a momentum that builds. So today it may just be like, oh, I think I was mindful for one minute or one second, or something. You may feel like that today, but that's okay because you're building, and it's the act of coming back that is um, helping, uh, helping you to strengthen your concentration and your ability to be mindful. We can think of concentration like um, distracted mind all over the place, bringing it in towards something, attending. Just like if you were ever, when you were a kid, did you ever take a magnifying glass and um, look, put it in front of some newspaper under the sun? And the sun's rays, of course, are diffused, but as it goes through the magnifying glass, it strengthens and it, it suddenly gets strong enough to burn the paper. Did you ever do that as a kid? If you haven't, try it. It's pretty cool. So, so this is this is this first day of meditation of our retreat. We're going to develop mindfulness in a way that helps unify our mind, that helps bring calm. It may not feel calm right away, but it's in the spirit of trying to build the calm, build the the uh, build the clarity, so that in the next few days you'll be able to see more clearly. As we so today we're going to get really focused, and then tomorrow we're going to open up more. And through each of the days, we're going to open up so that you, we can go from like a telephoto lens on a camera to a panoramic lens on the camera. Right? There are two different ways to take a photograph. We can have very focused kind of photo. We can have a wide open, spacious photo. And then over time, as you become, as you have skill with meditation you'll learn how to move back and forth between that and, you know, it, it, like it's a spectrum. I call it a spectrum of awareness practices. We can be very narrow to wide open and everything in between. So today we're going to, in order to help you arrive, in order to build up a little bit of concentration, we're going to stay fairly focused and or at least try for that. And, um, and this is the foundation practice in mindfulness. The other thing to keep in mind is we will um, we we try to find what we call an anchor in meditation. An anchor is like a ship's anchor. You know, you throw, like a ship will throw out an anchor to prevent it from being tossed and turned by the waves. 
in this mindfulness practice, we anchor our attention to keep our mind from being tossed and turned. And I'll walk you through a couple of different possibilities with your breath. Not everybody uses their breath. Breath is sort of like the stereotype. Pay attention to your breathing. But some people like to listen to sounds. Some people notice sensations in their body, like the changing sensations at their hands or feet. And today you can experiment with what is going to be yours. Some of you, of course, have been practicing a long time. Just do what you do. Um, But for those of you who are new, you'll have an option to explore a little bit. And it may take you a while before you find the thing that you want to anchor in. And then mind slips off, we come back. Attention wanders, we come back. And we'll just be doing that for a lot of the day. And along with variations that we'll be teaching you as well. Okay? So let's settle in in a way that is comfortable to you. We'll go over posture in a, later today. Um, and I know we've done a little bit. Carol did some last night. And another option is, as Carol mentioned, whether you open or close your eyes. Some of us um, prefer to keep our eyes closed. Some of us like to meditate with our eyes open. It is completely up to you, and you may want to experiment, like what seems to be more helpful for me. And as Carol mentioned, if your eyes are open, looking downward so you're not too distracted by everything. So hands resting where they're comfortable, back upright. But not too rigid or tight. And taking a few breaths to just arrive again into this room, into this space. And noticing your body present here, noticing the weight of your body on the chair, the cushion, the floor, just any areas of sensation. Heaviness, lightness, warmth, coolness, tingling. Feeling that connection with the ground that we explored last night. The earth is there holding us up, even though it's at least one story below. Concrete. There's the ground beneath us. And begin to notice that your body is breathing. Without you doing anything, your body is breathing. So let your breath be at its own natural rhythm. For this particular type of practice, we don't lengthen our breath or shorten our breath. We just let it do whatever it's doing in and out through our nose. And just notice what's happening as your body breathes in its own natural way. And let's begin to tune into different areas where we might notice our breathing. So bring your attention to your abdomen area. And as you sense your abdomen, you'll notice that there are changing sensations, like the rising and falling of the abdomen expanding and contracting. There might be pressure. Maybe there's a moment of pause. And just notice what's happening there.
We're getting really curious. So we're bringing in that quality. Remember I said mindfulness involves curiosity. So not thinking about it, but just okay, feeling it, getting curious about what it feels like. And then bringing your attention up to your chest area. And now it's a new set of sensations. Also an expansion and contraction. There might be a pause. Might feel wider, might feel more narrow. I'm just noticing, feeling the movement of breath in your body. And now shift to your nose area. And the sensations here are a little more subtle. There might be tingling, coolness, warmth. Slight movement. The breath is where a lot of people anchor their attention. It tends to be an anchor for a lot of people. And we'll be mostly trying that today, but I do want to give some options in case you start to do the breath and it's not working so well for you. One is, and let's all of us try it, we can listen to the sounds around us. Sounds coming and going. Not getting lost in a story about the sound. Like, what is that? Or, wow, it's so quiet. You know, talking to yourself about it or analyzing it. But just listening. start with those four because there's more that are possible but those tend to be ones that work for most people so let's now choose something to focus on this is for the new people and experienced people just you know what to do but for the new people choose one of these four things your breath and your abdomen chest or nose or listening to the sounds as they come and go And choose whichever feels the easiest or clearest or most compelling. If you can't decide, they all work equally well. So just choose something for now and you can play with it over today, over the retreat, an experiment. So just pick something. And so if you're noticing the breath, it's breath after breath in the spot you've chosen. One breath ends, and the next breath begins. If it's the sounds, it's just coming and going, changing sounds. So try to, don't, um, don't stress about it. Just bring your attention there and to one of these areas. Get really curious, feeling the breath 
breath after breath. When I say don't stress about it, I mean like don't get too tight. Like, I have to get every breath. Just kind of soften. Remember we talked about kindness as we do this. And as I mentioned, what typically happens for people is after a breath or two or three or more, or a few sounds, you get lost in thought. Your attention wanders. Start thinking about other things, planning, remembering, imagining, and so on. If this happens... You are not doing anything wrong. It is completely normal. When you notice that your attention has wandered, if you wish, you can say a soft word in your mind, like thinking or wandering. You don't have to say that, but for some people it's helpful. And then redirect your attention back to where you were focusing. So let's say you're with your breath and your abdomen. You're with a breath or two. Start planning something. There'll be this moment you realize that you're planning something, and you might say, thinking, and then come right back to the breath in the abdomen. And we'll just keep doing that over and over. So this is going to be the practice at least right now. And I will say other things will be happening. right? You're going to keep focusing on your breath or focusing on the sound. And then, who knows, you might find that your body has some kind of sensation in it that's obvious. Or you feel a feeling of some sort. Or who knows, all sorts of things can happen. As we get started, see if you can let them be in the background and try to work on this focus. However, if it's really obvious, like it's very, very strong, then just turn your attention to it and notice it. Like, oh, okay, there's an itch or feeling it, there's some sensation. Let it be there for a a moment or two. And then keep coming back to your anchor. Keep coming back. So I'm going to stop talking for a little bit as we practice together breath after breath or sound after sound, getting lost and coming back again and again with kindness.
So this is the basics. This is where we start. It won't be where we end. For some of us it might be. We just This practice of coming back, it's the foundation. We'll keep doing this again and again. But we'll also, over these days, learn how to... We'll teach you how to bring mindfulness to other aspects of your experience. Like, how would I be mindful when I have some physical pain in my body or when my... Um, a strong emotion is arising because one thing you can do and some people do is just keep staying really steady on this uh, on the breath coming back again and again to your breathing or to the listening or um, and another thing you can do is begin to explore using your awareness and we'll teach you that but to and today it's really helpful for this steadying of our mind for bringing in calm well-being is coming back again and again. Okay, So that's kind of the invitation today, and we're going to teach you how to do it in other ways too, including in a little while we'll teach you some walking meditation. But first I wanted to see if there were any questions about your practice as you're just starting out. Um, if there anything I said or any, anything from your experience this morning? Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks, Eugene. Um, I think the question, I heard it, I'll repeat it, and then we'll use the mic, was, do your limbs ever fall asleep? <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Anybody else find their falling asleep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so partially, you know, we're sitting in positions that we're not used to sitting in for long periods of time, typically. And so people fall asleep. And so um, Varan's going to help later with posture. So some of that can be helped by learning different ways of doing the posture. Um, we'll show you some some variations so you're not always sitting cross-legged. You're definitely welcome to shift over to the chair. Um, and there are ways of kind of slightly adjusting the posture to bring the, the um, blood back in so it, it wakes it up. Uh, we don't want to be in pain and like uh, dire pain sitting here meditating. So we can play with the posture and we'll explore that a little bit more. And also over time, as we get comfortable in this, in these postures, we have more um, like we find there that we're, the legs are falling asleep less. Yeah. Thanks. We'll just wait for the microphone because it's so helpful for um, the community to make sure everybody can hear everything. Why is the posture important to sit straight up when you meditate? Well, a, a sitting up gives us support, right? So, there, so a lot of times, if you're, let's say you were meditating like this, I don't know, or like this, or <laughs> I'm ex- I'm exaggerating, but. Um, it, it, you can see what happens to your mind, right? It like it sort of brings it can bring in more drowsiness, even just like more hunched. That being said, it's not like a rigid, tight posture, and it's also not a one size fits all. So, in this particular practice, we don't. There's some other meditative schools that that um, that really emphasize posture as central. We just want you to be comfortable. And generally upright to allowing a nice flow of energy and for being both also paying attention to comfort and ease. So you can experiment with what's going to support you. Really? Um, I didn't sleep well last night, and I find that I keep kind of starting to doze off. And um, what I'm trying to do is instead of being like, oh, I'm not doing it right, is just to accept that that's part of the experience and hope that I don't fall over (laughs) on the ground or something. (laughs) Do you have any advice for that? Yes, I do. Um, uh, It sounds your intuition is right about not thinking it's a big problem. Um, most, I mean, let me guess, let me guess. Most of you don't get enough sleep. Am I right? I'm psychic, I know. 
No, statistically, most people don't get enough sleep. So we come to the retreat and we're pretty tired. And the first day is typically like we're exhausted. So it's okay to take a nap, try to come to everything. But, you know, in the afternoon, take a nap. Um, it'll help. And, and there's just a process of kind of settling into a retreat. And there's often a lot of exhaustion because we've built up exhaustion over our lives. So there's nothing wrong. It makes perfect sense that we would come into the space. It's very quiet. And, um, you know, my voice, our teacher's voice are soothing and people get kind of sleepy. So it's not a big deal. It'll get better as the retreat goes on. And if it's not, talk to one of the teachers about what's going on. Um, But a couple things you can do. One is you can open your eyes. You can wiggle your fingers and toes. I'm going to teach a standing meditation at some point. So that'll, or one of us will teach that a standing meditation. So that's something you can do while you're sitting, while you're here in the middle of the hall. You can stand up. We'll practice that later. That's probably the most helpful thing. You can, uh, yeah, those are probably those are the best tools for the time being. And, um, not making it a problem. And also, for those of you with more experience, or even those of you who are, who are newer, what does sleepiness feel like in my body and mind? We can actually bring mindfulness to the sleepiness. Oh, it feels heavy and groggy, and I feel a little, you know, you, that you actually are, I can notice it, and that's quite an interesting experience as well. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I'm going to ask you. Anybody else, Anybody find that their mind was wandering? <laughs> okay, so if you're not sleepy, the other thing that people typically are is restless. Um, mind's wandering. Maybe your body feels energetic. Um, you. This is completely normal. It's a sign of human intelligence that you have a wandering and busy mind, right? It's probably how our ancestors survived by searching for threats. You know, it's like you're staying on alert. You're thinking about this. You're scanning. You're moving. Like um, many years ago, I was uh, not many years ago, right before the pandemic. Feels like a lifetime ago, right? <laughs> anyway, it's probably 2019. I was teaching a meditation event at the Natural History Museum in Los Angeles. And they put, it was a special, like, nighttime um, kind of... Uh, people were coming in, and there was music, and there was meditation. Anyway, it was a really cool event. And they put me in the room with the giant dinosaur skeletons. <laughs> and there was, like, this huge one over me, like, huge, as I was teaching. And then someone, after we did the meditation, raised their hand and said, why is my mind wandering so much? And I just went... <laughs> You were escaping that guy, <laughs> right? Like this. This is our, the human. Uh, it's it's an it's a probably biologically evolutionarily driven. So we're doing something different, which is teaching a mind that has probably been distracted for most of your life, and then maybe even historically, evolutionarily, and we're teaching it to focus on something, and it's not going to do it. It's not going to go down with ease. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be like, yeah, okay, no problem. It's a much, it's more gradual, but it develops and it builds, and it's almost like a muscle that we're building in our mind. And over time, it gets stronger, and we have more capacity to be in the present moment. And because you're in, like, you know, a boot camp here, I mean, it's not like a heavy-duty boot camp. It's all great food, <laughs> um, very relaxed in lots of ways. But in terms of the schedule, like you're, you're doing this, the more that you do it, the more you have an opportunity to practice being in the present moment. And as I said, a momentum builds, and it starts to get easier because you're doing it over time. Um, okay, so I'm going to make an announcement and then hand it over to you to um, talk. But the, uh, yeah, the main announcement is that we have, there are a couple of times that we're not in the hall and we want one of you to be sitting up here and ringing the bell. And there's absolutely nothing you have to do except sit here and then ring the bell. 
And um, I know it sounds daunting, but we need a few more volunteers to do that. So you can go up. Uh, it's on the board, and um, it, it's on the board, and we're inviting you to do it. And even if you've never done it before, it's kind of fun. You get to sit up here, and you just your best posture, and you fall asleep, and everybody sees you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's fine if you fall asleep. Everybody else is falling asleep too, so it's all good. Um, okay, so yes. How do you know when to ring the bell? Excellent question. Um, we have clocks up here, so you kind of have to. You kind of have to like open your eyes. Like that's what I do. I'm like I'm meditating, looking, and then I kind of go like that. Okay. Um, yeah, that's it. Do you want to do it now? Oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, we, hello everybody, good morning. My name is Ramon. We believe that somebody came in this morning late who's supposed to be down the hill at Donald Rotherberg's retreat. So we're just checking in the room if you're in the wrong retreat. <laughs> so please uh, go down the hill. And if not, I'm sorry to interrupt. Thank you. So one of the, the ways that retreat works is we alternate sitting and walking meditation. And it's a really beautiful way to balance uh, body, heart, and mind as we're deepening into being here. And so I want to give some instructions about the walking and also remind you a little bit um, even before I start to be um, disciplined about the instructions. And um, there's just a couple little to-dos that I'm going to say. Um, and it's actually, there's one main to-do, which is people like to take their masks off their nose when they're meditating, but we're watching you. So put your mask back on your nose. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was her finger and my voice. <laughs> um, thank you for that. It just makes it better for all of us. Um, okay. So um, slowly, mindfully, stand up. And feel your body standing. Be aware of that you've shifted posture from sitting to standing. And there are four main postures that mindfulness is talked about as sitting, standing, walking, lying down. And you get the opportunity to practice in all those different postures while you're here at the retreat. And it just means being aware of, of this experience of the liveness that is standing right in this moment. And when we do the walking meditation, what we'll ask you to do is go outside and go onto the patio or one of the lanes or to the upper walking room or the lower walking room and walk. Everybody know how to do that? If you have a problem walking, and some people do, then come and talk to us. There's some other ways to do a movement meditation that is not walking. But for most of us, we'll do the walking. And, um, and you'll go out and you'll find a space or a lane in the halls upstairs or downstairs or outside, and you're just going to walk back and forth for 14 or 18 or 20 paces. And you're not going anywhere. 
That's really the beauty of the walking practice is you're going here into this moment's experience of walking. And um, um, there are, it's one of the things we'll start with is to stay with the simplicity like, like the um, breath or the sound, staying with an anchor to help concentrate and it's a it's a very interesting word concentrate concentric with centeredness is what it means with center and that's what we're doing when we bring body and mind together and we're doing that in the walking practice in this very simple back and forth okay so and Mostly, you just want to feel this. Watch what I do. Watch carefully. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little, but really, here's, here's all it is. But I'm aware of this experientially, even while I'm talking to you. And you don't have to walk backwards, but I'm doing it because of but actually what you'll do is you'll walk, you'll get to the end of your lane, and then you'll stand for a moment and feel, be aware, sense this aliveness standing and then turning and then walking again. Okay, does that make sense? Pretty simple. Okay, so do one thing now. Just lean onto your right foot, pick up your left foot and put it down. And you don't have to be super slow, but, and just, cause, and you can just walk in place for a moment and feel it. Feel your foot and your leg especially. Feel how the foot comes off the ground and then touches the ground. And sometimes when people are walking, they like to use the noting practice, with di- noting practice which Diana mentioned, where you kind of just whisper a word to yourself about what's actually happening. And so you could walk and say, step, step. Step, 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 step. And it's really just tethering the cognitive mind to the somatic, kinesthetic experience that's happening in the moment. And of course, what we do is you can walk at a, at a pace like this. You can walk at a good pace especially after the sitting. Sometimes that's really nice to do to re-energize the body. Or you can start to do a slower pace. Step. Lift place, lift place, lift place, lift place, lift place, lift place. Standing, turning. And then, of course, you could do a very slow walking, lifting, placing, lifting, placing, lifting, moving, placing, lifting, moving, placing. Very simple. And you can go at whatever pace works for you. Stay with yourself. Stay very close to yourself. That's the whole practice. And whether we're sitting or walking or listening or speaking, stay close to yourself. And generally, we give people permission to take a walk here and there that is not just the walking. Like, you just want to walk. And so go take a walk. And you could keep doing the walking if you would like, or 
if you don't, we won't come after you or anything. But, but then when you do the formal walking, do it. Really do it. And see what happens. Because it'll keep bringing body and mind together, that concentrating of centering yourself here in the present moment. Should I do questions? Questions. Any, any questions? Maybe it's not it, but any questions about the walking practice? Oh, about three hours. <laughs> no, you'll, there'll be the times are set. Usually it's either a half an hour or 45 minutes. And the really great way to do it is do it for the whole time. It's not really a tea break time. Tea break is later or dinner or whenever. But actually do the time. And what I found, even early in my practice, if I just did the whole sitting and the whole walking and the whole sitting and the whole walking, things start to happen that are not just what I'm doing, but the Dharma starts to do you. The practice starts to do you if you do the practice. Yeah, we'll ring a bell. You'll hear bells. Everything is bells here. So listen for the... Don't even listen for the bells. You'll hear them. Just be aware that that's... You walk until you hear the bell. And then you sit until you hear the bell. Okay, any other question? Please. That are not guided? Yes, there are sitting meditations that are not guided. They're self-guided, meaning use the instructions, whatever they are, whatever works for you, and then you'll tell, just tell yourself, oh, stay with the breath, relax, be aware of your body now. Oh, be aware of sounds. I'm hearing the sound. Don't reach out. And just use your own, and then you become the meditation teacher for that. But don't do it out loud, okay? Thank you. Okay, let's give it a go with the walking practice. Okay, I'm going to repeat for the new people. You can go out the door in the back. Wait a second. Wait till I'm done. Go out the door and you can go down the stairs to the lower walking meditation hall. Or you go out the doors there and you go upstairs to the upper walking hall. Or you go out the door and you can walk in the patio. It's very helpful if everybody walks in the same direction. This is part of Sangha practice. Right, walk in the same direction, and so as a community, we're we're all walking together. Or um, you can go out on the trails and walk on the trails, or you can walk up and down the hill. I've done a lot of walking up and down the hill, but don't go past the gate. Um, that's another question. No, no, go back and forth. And, and it's optimal, not the long way, the short way, so more, more people can go together. And sometimes yoga class. Yeah, sometimes the yoga class is in there. Don't walk during the yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> and don't walk in the meditation hall. And when you're leaving, don't do super slow, mindful walking so it takes an hour to leave. Okay. Okay, let's give it a go and one more. Yes. Okay. <laughs>